to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullock, and as always, we like to talk about things related to disaster recovery, business continuity, emergency response, crisis management, and anything that can be related to those fields. I'd like to remind everyone I will be in Phoenix uh, for the DRJ conference, September 23rd to 26th, and we'll actually be broadcasting this show live on September 24th. So check out the Voice America Live Events page for some more details. And I'll also be at the TEAMS, the International Emergency Management Society Conference for their 25th anniversary in Manila, Philippines. And we'll be talking to people there as well and getting some contact, uh, content and thoughts uh, from different people around the globe for the show. As always, I know I've said it many times on this show, I'm an avid reader and I love uh, going to bookstores and checking, you know, some sites online. I won't name them, but, uh, you know, sites online for new books and new ideas and thoughts, anything that gets me thinking and looking into new topics. If you're a long-time listener, you've heard me mention a few times about project management. You know, I, I have two career paths and, uh, you know, a lot, obviously 21 years in business continuity, but I've had about uh, 12, 13 in uh, project management. And I happened a little while ago come by a book that just, as soon as I saw the title, I knew I got to get it and I got to talk to these people and get them on the show. The book is entitled Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach. And I'm very pleased to have the authors of that book, Ralph Kleen and Greg Ritchie. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome. Hello, Alex. So... Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Ralph? Why don't we start with you? You know, uh, tell us a little about yourself, what you do, and you know where you got to today. Okay, sure. I'd be like to, Alex. My name is Ralph Claim, as you mentioned, and I've uh, I've been in business continuity off and on for uh, with uh, a major Fortune 500 firm, um, both as a corporate auditor for ten years, uh, as an IT auditor, operations auditor and also is a business continuity professional um, with, with his company. I also uh, was a major operations officer for, in the military uh, many years ago, but that laid the groundwork for me to get involved and in interest in the business continuity and disaster recovery and those type of issues uh, over the years. And so that's a little bit about my background. I also have the certification. Um, I'm a certified business continuity professional, and I also have a PMP as well. So, what, Just for our listeners, in case they're not familiar with that designation, what does PMP stand for? Uh, project Management Professional. Uh, so, Greg, how about yourself? Well, thanks for having us on today, Alex. Uh, my background as it relates to business continuity planning and project management goes also back into the military. Uh, I spent uh, my entire adult, young adult life in the United States Navy Seabees, 
which is the construction force of the U.S. Navy. Uh, within that time frame, I spent quite a few years uh, working with different disasters, uh, disaster recovery training, uh, going through the various processes that you all have to go through when things go wrong and go awry. Project management, I've been doing project management since I graduated high school in the late 70s, and marrying these two things together into this book was just a perfect marriage. Uh, I, too, like Ralph, am also a PMP or a project management professional uh, and have been doing that for 38-plus years. Well, great. Between the two of you, I know I've got the two perfect people to talk about this. I know on past shows, like I said earlier, I've talked about the two, you know, if you want to be a good BCP person, you know, have some project management experience, you know, get some training in it. So when I saw the book, I just knew I had to reach out to you guys. So it's a great book for anyone out there. Um, there's lots of information. We're going to be touching on some of this. My first question to both of you is, how did you meet, you know, at, and how did you decide to put this book together? Like, what prompted you to, to write, write about this? Is that directed to me or is that directed to Greg? Either one can answer. I'm sure you both might have uh, some different points. Well, for me, I, you know, uh, I was putting for the major, uh, for this company, I was for the major airplane uh, programs, putting together the business continuity plans, uh, managing it as a project manager and working for uh, senior executives. And I, I have to say that uh, I decided I wanted to write this, uh, write a book about the principles that I learned in the process of both training, receiving training and giving training uh, in the field. And so uh, I know Greg is, he and I are very proficient in the area of project management, and I know he had some experience. So I contacted Greg uh, to uh, help me in putting this book together. And so we, we hit it off professionally well, uh, personality well, and so it was, as he uses the word, it was a great marriage, or a good marriage, and it still <laughs> is. <laughs> Greg, how about you? What uh, what prompted you to want to get involved with this? Well, I Ralph and I actually met uh, through our professional training, uh, our respective professional training parts of our career. Uh, we met through a company that we've both done training for, uh, we had very similar backgrounds, and so just as Ralph just put it, our personalities just started to click. And not only do I consider Ralph to be a, a great colleague that I can call upon uh, to, as a sounding board, but he's also a great friend. And we we do talk quite often, and we were talking uh, about a book that he was writing, and I was very impressed with the fact that you know Ralph had written at the time that I had met him, I think something like 14 or 15 books already. Uh, I had already written uh, two or three books on, my, on uh, my Microsoft Project, the software, and I was wanting to expand. And uh, I, I do tell the story when we, when we do the live seminars, I tell people that I had just mentioned in passing that, you know, hey, Ralph, the next time you write a book, I'd like to join. And then two weeks later, I get an email with this great big long proposal that Ralph put together, and he's got my name all over the place. And it's like, okay, 
I mentioned it in passing, and all of a sudden, there it is. So be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, so let, let's jump into some of the, the book content. Um, one of the chapters, areas you call applying project management. Well, can you define one of the pieces in there? Can you define what's a program and what's a project? I know from experience working in both, some people just use that term, you know, to mean the exact same thing, and, and they're not, right? Go ahead, Greg. No, you want to tell no, that? Okay. Thanks, Ralph. Uh, no, they're not. The, uh, a project, you know, by its definition is a, is, a, is a temporary thing that you're doing to get something new or something that hasn't been done before done. That's a project, like uh, you, you build a deck on your house. That's a project. You build, uh, you do something else in your house, like upgrade a kitchen. That's a project. It's temporary. It's done. Once it's done, it's over with. A program, on the other hand, is more of a, a collection of various projects that they all have a, they all have one end goal, one final outcome. Uh, and programs can be ongoing. And I always use uh, a very simple example to explain the difference between programs and projects to people. And I use uh, like an auto manufacturer, uh, like, you know, take General Motors Ford, it doesn't matter which manufacturer, but they have a, an SUV program, a sport utility vehicle program. Well, within Chevrolet, there's like, Nine or different, nine or ten different SUVs out there, and that's a program because most all SUVs have the same platform, like a Chevy Suburban and an Escalade. They're on the same platform, so they've got this program, and this program is made up of a bunch of projects. And so you've got, uh, you have your your body project, you you have your frame projects, and, and all of this stuff gets put together so that the end goal of the program is to have something that is either ongoing or a program could also be temporary as well. They all are aimed at strategic objectives, though. And so that's mm -hmm. the difference between a project and a program. So what are some of the, um, with relation to business continuity planning programs or business continuity management or what, whatever term you want to use, what are some of the key deliverables that those programs would you know, deliver you know, or or the pro or you can use project and program as well. Like the program would deliver this, and the project would be that. Right. Uh, I'll take that one on. Basically, a bit uh, in, under a business continuity program, there's you know one of the things that you have to do is put a governance structure in place, and you need to have a charter just like you would have in any major program, and you would have also you got to identify the key stakeholders. Uh, and have policies, procedures in place. Uh, and also the, what you want to do is be able, probably most importantly, is to uh, have the program produce, you know, in the end you're going to have to do a business impact analysis. And once you do the impact, business impact analysis, then you go and, and, and fundamentally you end up uh, identifying, you know, what your critical business processes are. And then you can build your, uh, your build your business preparedness plans uh, that support those critical business processes. And then, of course, you have you test uh, the plans eventually. And then, of course, you maintain the plans. Now, as you put those in place, a program management structure is an excellent way 
to ensure that those business continuity continuity deliverables are in, are going to be implemented th- uh, throughout the critical business processes, regardless of the, the size of the organization, whether it's a large company, medium-sized company, or small company. And so business continuity, when you're, especially when you're implementing it, is, is really requires good program management skills. So you'll have a program management office. You'll have a governance structure reporting uh, among the executives down to the business recovery or process, business recovery process leader, or whatever you want to call them at that stage, the person that's responsible for the processes and or process, and uh, they get you engaged with the, the other people uh, that are responsible for executing that process. And in the meantime, you're managing it like any other project. You know, you plan, you're planning it, you're uh, yeah, executing it, you're getting feedback on how well things are going, and you have reports to different levels of stakeholders. And, of course, you want to meet their specific requirements when it comes to information and communication. So if I'm doing, um, you know, I've been tasked with doing a business continuity initiative, whatever that may be, you know, BIAs, uh-huh. et cetera. Am I creating my own project management office or am I reporting to some other project management office? Like, do, how, how does that work? Yeah, what you would do is normally you set up, uh, well, it depends on the, the size and complexity of the organization. Uh, some mm. places you would end up having a steering committee just as you would as a large IT project. I've managed a number of those. And, 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 and the steering committee might be represented by a series of uh, senior managers or executives. Then you would set up a working group. And then from that working group, uh, you know, the, the business continuity program would provide status and get guidance from that uh, working group. Uh, and uh, make sure that, uh, you know, the, the goals and objectives for that program are being met. And, of course, they resolve uh, cross-functional issues, uh, organizational conflicts, those type of things uh, that unfortunately happen in every large organization. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm doing, uh, like I said, I'm tasked with a B, BCP initiative of some, some sort. Uh-huh. Um, and Greg, you can chime in here too anytime. Do I? Where do I start? If I if I've been tasked with you know creating a program, where's the the starting point? What's the first thing I should do? I know you gave some great examples here, uh, Ralph, but where do I start? Yeah, well, because, I, if I could add, uh, you know, you, I guess I, I jumped a little further down in the details, but what I like to say is that it, it the. If you got to work with an audit committee or board of, board of directors or some some type of organization like that, they may uh, feel that uh, uh, the shareholders may feel that uh, there there needs to be some type of uh, reasonable assurance that this program needs to be in place. That if there's some type of event that impacts the company, it can recover. So whether it's uh, natural events or human events or whatever, uh, there's got to be some type of reasonable assurance that uh, the company can recover. So 
The board of directors may pass a resolution. Uh, it may be part of the financial statement that they're, uh, they want to they want to make sure that the company can recover. Uh, they can also they can also form a subcommittee uh, to look at uh, business continuity and you know they have and they they've done their risk assessment and they know that they're uh, vulnerable in uh, in certain areas in the company. So there's a risk assessment as well, and, and that ties in closely with the BIA. I don't know, Greg, you want to? Oh, and I should add, you know. You, you, there's going to be a business case, right? So you got to put a business case to whether or not you think it's worthwhile to implement a business continuity program. Great. Do you, do you have that, a, and, and, comments to have? Yeah, and and it's kind of piggybacking on what Ralph said, you know, and, and getting back to your basic question of where do you start. If you're looking at a program from its true definition, you would have a you would have a program. And this would naturally start at the senior levels. You, you have to have senior management buy-in. You have to have senior management support. Without that, it doesn't matter what you do. Without senior management support, it's not going to work. So you start and you call it your business continuity. You call it your business preparedness program. And within that program, you might break it up into – as Ralph just mentioned a few seconds ago, you might break it up into, okay, these are our disasters related to what can impact us from things that are not within our control as a company. And then these are items that we will deal with that are within our control within our company. Uh, and, and we mentioned this in the book, that what happens if you have an employee who comes to work and they have tuberculosis and then everybody else is like, I'm not coming into work. Well, that's something that's within the company. And so you might break these up into internal um, uh, potential incidents uh, and external incidents as well. And from that, it, it, and like Ralph said, it depends upon the size of the organization, the maturity of the organization. There's a lot of factors that go into deciding, okay, how do we start this program? And, and starting the program in my professional opinion, it is is half battle. Deciding what you're going to do is half the battle before you're, you're actually going to get there. Mm-hmm. And on that, we've actually come to the end of our first segment. We're talking with Ralph Klein and Greg Ritchie, authors of Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? 
how are they formed, how they work out, and why they sometimes don't. Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back to the show. Today we're talking with Ralph Klein and Greg Ritchie, authors of Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach. Uh, Greg, in our last segment, just before we went away, you brought up uh, a point that many, many people... uh, talk about at conferences, you know, in hallways, articles, magazines, you see them everywhere. And that's about senior management support. What what advice do you have for our listeners on how to get that support and maintain that support, especially when it comes to disaster recovery programs, because a lot of people really don't understand the value that BCP has, you know, and what it brings. So how do you keep and, and maintain and obtain senior management support. Uh, one of the things I always say here, Alex, is uh, it, it's the standard it depends answer uh, because each organization is different. Different organizations look at the value of BCP differently. Uh, my recommendation is, is usually related to, okay, what's the alternative? And so one of the things that I learned through my professional career is that if we just choose not to do something, then what's going to be the outcome? It's almost like the law of physics. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. So if Mm -hmm. we choose not to do this, this is going to be the outcome. A lot of companies say, well, you know, that'll never happen to us. We don't have to worry about that. Well, Mm -hmm. the problem is, is that if you don't worry about that now, then you're going to have to deal with it when it does happen. And so I like to take a very pragmatic approach to this and saying we can't guarantee that these plans that we're going to put together is going to prevent our company from continuing to run or will shut our company down, but it can have a very, very large impact on the ability for the company to recover. And it's all about the recovery time and how long does it take. So one of the pieces of direct advice that I give to people is simply look at your managers and say, okay, let's plan for this, and then if this doesn't happen, then we know that we were ready. But if we don't plan for this, then the outcome is going to hurt us. I guess that's that saying, plan for the worst, hope for the best? 
Uh, I, uh, that's a very common saying that I've heard a lot in my lifetime. I'm not a big fan of that, but it is it, <laughs> applicable here. Uh, uh, Ralph, do you have anything you want to add to that? Oh, yeah, I think uh, uh, some of the things I might want to add to that is, one, that if you're going to put a business continuity program in place, first of all, you've got to make sure you have good training uh, among the, the people that are going to be involved in it, and that includes the core team of the project, as well as the, the, the business processes that are going to be uh or have been identified the critical business processes, the people involved need to understand what business continuity is about. So training is an absolute essential. And that training Tra- training in training in what specifically? Well, you gotta gear it toward the executive ranks are gonna have to have a good understanding of what business continuity is. They're not gonna get into the weeds like everybody else, because most of them very rarely get below the clouds. And then and so what they do is you, you give like a one-day or a half-a-day training for them for understanding. Then you do it the next year for middle or lower-level management. And then also you have uh, the detailed training with the SMEs and with the people that are actually responsible, well, not responsible, but actually execute the, uh, the recovery activities and procedures that have been identified or will be identified in the business preparedness plan. Another thing that you have to have is when you put the business preparedness plan together and, and, and it's in place for, for the critical business process, let's say, or a subset of that critical business process, is, is that you've got a, a, you have to, to get people in, involved in actually building it. And that includes the executive leadership. Now, how do you do that with the executive leadership? That's the hard part. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. (laughs) And and, and there's several ways to do that. One is, and I know, you know, audit's a bad word, but internal audit can play a great role in making sure that people follow up on their business preparedness processes. And it's more than compliance. It's making sure that they, uh, they have practice. They do a test and maintain on, uh, on, the, uh, on the business preparedness processes. Another thing that works very well is also with these uh, on the executives, the senior leadership, is once the board and the audit committee considers it one of the uh, top uh, items uh, identified that's on their radar, uh, and that usually starts at the tone at the top, is what they're going to uh, what they end up doing is making a part of their performance management. So what gets measured, what get, gets identified, and what is tied to their compensation, uh, that's a good way to get them compliance as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, another thing is, uh, of course, periodic reporting up the up the food chain on how things are going. And so that's that's important as well. Very much so. Um, During our break, you brought up a quick uh, little topic that I'd like to uh, bring up here as well. In in my old, younger days, uh, when I worked in the hospitality industry, we always had a divide between the front of the house and the back of the house in restaurants. Front of the house being, you know, the bar and the servers or, or the wait staff, you know, and the back of the house being the prep staff, the utility workers, and the um, the line cooks, you know, and the chefs. Uh-huh. 
So with business continuity uh, planning programs, you've got IT on one side and BU on the other side. Right. And quite a few times there's some tension between the two. Um, how about some advice from both of you on how, how can you address that to minimize that tension, you know, and get everyone working together? Well, I'll let Greg uh, talk about the program or project management side of getting project teams and programs, uh, you know, as uh, stakeholders getting along. But from a specific business continuity uh, side, there's several things that you can do. Uh, one is you got to make sure that they're engaged. So when you have meetings, IT has to be there, uh, but they also have to, it has to be stressed that business preparedness or business, con- in, in, in business continuity in general is, a, is to help the business processes to recover. It's not to make IT recover. Now, IT plays a critical role. There's no doubt about it, but it's in support of that. So they need to be engaged as much as possible in the development of these plans. The other thing is, is there's got to be sharing of information between the business side and the IT side. So, you know, maybe set up a SharePoint site, although this is not an endorsement for SharePoint, but whatever means that you do have, you want to be able to make sure that uh, the IT and the business side, uh, IT people and the business people uh, know what the, the left and the right hand are doing, so to speak. And, and that includes uh, making sure that they attend uh, joint meetings. The other thing that you can do with uh, IT is, and this worked extremely well, is we had the, you know, emergency preparedness, and these are the guys that put out the fire right away or they deal with a, a physical threat in the workplace. And then you've got the IT people, and they got their disaster recovery plans, and you've got to make sure that uh, those are all in place, too, and support the critical business process. And then you've got the, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the business continuity, the business preparedness side, and they help in get, making sure all the plans are in place. All these have to work together, and one of the things that I have found out is they use the same words with different meanings. Uh-huh. So... And so one of the things that ex- worked that I, uh, I really put a concentration on, and, and, and it has worked in other areas as well, is putting together a common glossary. And, of course, that common glossary is here. So they agree on what is the definition of a risk. What is the definition of uh, a threat or a hazard or those type of things? Because uh, mm-hmm. you know, the jargon can get in the way. And, and also the processes. And so there's going to be processes and procedures that are going to conflict with each other. And you got to form sub-teams to make sure that uh, you get a resolution to those, uh, um, to those conflicts. Mm-hmm. And even within critical business processes, by the way, there's touch points. And so you got to make sure that there's coordination among that. So just as a side note. I tend to call some of those uh, handshakes. You know, when uh, I finish on this, it gets handed over to you and you take it, you know, and you run with it. And you have to do that with all your plans and processes, just like you have to do with an end-to-end business function. That's right. Yeah. You know. So, Greg, how, how can I, what information should I be sharing and from a project management perspective and how do I do that? What's the best way of doing that? One of the things that I really like to do is make sure that there is a, an atmosphere of, of openness and and teamwork, and that's what we're after. 
Um, this can be done a number of ways. I mean, Ralph just mentioned SharePoint. That's a way to make sure that everybody has access to the information. But one of the things that we all have probably seen in our lifetime is that just because I put it out there doesn't mean people are going to read it. Uh, <laughs> and so that's always been a fairly big, uh, fairly big problem. Uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can do this is that you can, you can make sure that it is talked about on, I won't say a constant basis, uh, but for example, in project management, when we hold a team meeting, risk and issues are a topic at every single team meeting, regardless of what we're actually here to talk about. So we want to talk about risk every single time because it's just too important of an issue to, to put on to the back burner and say, okay, we're not going to talk about that. And just like Ralph had mentioned just a few minutes ago, having a, having a common vocabulary so that when somebody over here on this team mentions something about, okay, is this an incident? Is it a crisis? Is it a catastrophe? And we explain this in the book. What is the difference between these items? Let's all get on the same page. After having worked in both engineering, construction, uh, uh, commercial boat building, uh, various industries throughout my lifetime, one of the things that I have always found to be a big detractor from getting things done was the vocabulary. And people get hung up on, well, are we calling this, uh, are we calling this this or are we calling it that? And, and so that common vocabulary is very, very important as well. But actually, each team is different, so you have to also understand the makeup of your team as well. So you mentioned risk and issues. Um, from a project management perspective, you know, for business continuity, what is a risk and what is an issue? Because uh, I, I'm sure you've run into it as well, and I'm sure many listeners have. Anything that happens is an issue, no matter what it is. You know, uh, so what is the difference between a risk and an issue? It's very, very simple, and this is how I just, I, I just explain to people. An issue is something that has already happened. A risk is something that has not yet happened, and if it does, it's going to have an impact. So, uh, for example, uh, in my construction projects for years, a risk that could potentially occur was a 50-year rainstorm event. Now, when that risk occurred, was it an issue? Yeah, it was something that happened, something I need to deal with. But a, a risk becomes an issue when it happens, but an issue is something that's not a risk. It's already happened. And so this is one of the things that I was talking about, about getting you know terminology correct. So, for example, an issue in my construction projects was I have a vendor who is uh, submitting an invoice that has too much overhead. Well, that's something that's happened, something i got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Ralph, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? No, I think uh, that sums it up from a program perspective. From a business continuity perspective, pretty much the same thing. Uh, but, you know, you've got, uh, I might add that uh, risk can be either positive or negative. Uh, from How so? Project. Well, a, 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 a risk can be uh, a, a, a something that's um, is positive in terms of, um, you want to maximize a positive opportunity in terms of adopting a new hardware or software that can expedite uh, the life cycle of a project. And uh, so I think I got that right, didn't I, Greg? <laughs> I, 
totally forgot the fact that it was a uh, it was both positive or negative. <laughs> yeah, and so and also so that's an opportunity, and if something goes awry, then it's it's a it's it, then it becomes a threat, and of course it's negative. And uh, of course, business continuity is uh, uh, a way to uh, address uh, risks or hazards or threats, whatever terminology you want to use, and it's important to define those, is uh, to be able to uh, deal with those with your recovery plans. Okay, good, because I, I know even every day I, I hear, you know, people say, oh, this occurred, you know, we got a risk. Uh, no, that's an issue. You know, or they say, well, we something might occur here, uh, that you know, so we have an issue. No, that's a risk. So, well, know, so I, here, here's the way to look at it. If if it's a if you're having a disagreement whether it's a risk or an issue, you've got an issue. Yeah, yeah, that's true because you don't have a defined glossary, there you as go. you mentioned earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Well, believe it or not, time keeps flying. As we've already come to the end of our second segment, we're talking with Ralph Klein and Greg Ritchie, authors of Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Our humanity is a thing we take for granted, but it takes many forms, and it requires much of us to fully express it. Listen to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human with host Dr. Leanne Nguyen. This program will explore topics about survival, fulfillment, hope, connection, being fully alive to ourselves and to others. Guests or people whose life experience inspires us to reflect on these questions. Tune into On Living, broadcasting live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. And welcome back to the show. We're talking with authors Ralph Kleem. Uh, apologies, Ralph. Uh, I've been saying your name wrong. Ralph no Kleem and Greg Ritchie, authors of Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach. 
Gentlemen, uh, and I'll open this to, to both of you. Earlier in uh, the show, you talked about, you know, programs can be ongoing, you know, and so you have to maintain them. When it comes to business continuity management, how, how, what are your recommendations for maintaining plans, you know, because you've got the, the various you know, risk analyses or, or recovery plans or emergency response plans, IT plans, how do you maintain those? And if you do have a business continuity management program that's ongoing, how do you maintain that? How do you keep it ongoing and keeping the interest in it so people continue? It's not just a one-time thing. Okay, we got our plan and you know everybody runs away. So do you want me to tackle that first, Greg? Or? Okay. Yeah, why don't you start in and then I'll chime in at the end. Okay, so uh, in terms of keeping the business continuity plan uh, ongoing, uh, some of the things that you, you have to do is you're going to have to uh, periodically review the risk assessment that led to the uh, development of the program, but you're also going to have to uh, conduct, after you, after you do or after you build a business preparedness plan for a critical business process or a subset of a critical business process, uh, you need to go and periodically review it, and there's all sorts of reasons for that. And 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 one of the, some of the reasons are people move and leave, you know, or they uh, they unfortunately pass away. I've actually had that happen, and uh, and so it, or they retire, or there's organizational changes, or there's uh, you know, people's phone numbers change, uh, or you know, the members of the uh, people that are involved in a critical business process may have moved on to a different role and somebody else is there doing the same job, but they haven't been identified. So what you want to do is have a periodic uh, follow-up on your on the business preparedness plans in place. And so you set up a, maybe a single point of contact within that uh, business preparedness process, and that person is responsible for maintaining the plans, and, in, and of course, communicating that back to you if you're the project manager or program manager. Uh, you also have periodic uh, reports that are sent up to the food chain, uh, up to from the, the operational level, uh, up to the senior executive, and of course, uh, the board of directors, or if they're, they have want a lot of visibility on it. Uh, there's, uh, there's periodic... Uh, um, test to maintain, so you should have, like, uh, depending on the size of the organization, you should have uh, testing, um, uh, tabletop exercises, or uh, actual simulations of, on a periodic basis to make sure that things are up to date. Now, I, want, I just want to uh, add a, a, another thing, is that the higher level maintaining the program Again, reporting to senior level management on the status of each of the different uh, critical business processes. How many of those, if it's a big organization, for instance, how many of those have their plans in place? Uh, how many are uh, haven't done their test? Uh, how many of their plans have been updated and considered current? So you got to rely a lot on facts and data. Now, this doesn't have to be you know, heavily administrative. What it has to do, though, is there's got to be some consistency in, in the follow-through 
on putting these plans together. So, and, and, and the best way to do that is the people that are at the operational level that are responsible for their plans should keep them updated. And, and of course, provide to the business preparedness, uh, business continuity organization, the higher level, the program, uh, make sure that uh, that you you have the most recent plan as well. Now, I just want to emphasize, notice the word, I want to use the word, these are guides. So they don't have to get down to the, the basic detail for maintenance. So they can be at a certain level that everybody feels comfortable with. That's why you have sign-offs on the, on the plans uh, that are by some of the key decision makers for a critical business process. So those are ways to keep everything updated and keep the program uh, with uh, some vitality uh, in, in terms of its existence so it doesn't become just another uh, administrative task that doesn't really add value to the organization. Mm-hmm. Greg? Uh, yeah, one of the things that, and I mentioned this in my introduction, one of the things that I'm probably the most familiar with and and Naturally, I don't want to turn this into a military thing, but we had a saying in the military, fight like you train and train like you fight. So in, in keying in on what Ralph just said, making sure that we have uh, the necessary people in place and doing those exercises, uh, that's how you keep not only interest in this uh, going, but that's also how you can make sure that the plans are actually relevant and timely and are up to date because if you have something that is not up to date it's not going to be any use when it comes times to actually implement it so Mm -hmm. that's my biggest piece of advice to people that once you get this program up and running is don't let it sit on a shelf collecting dust uh have those uh have those exercises uh and some of these could be you know with a well-defined plan in place, and the other one could be, okay, let's surprise people and see how they react. So that's just my opinion. So I've got a question for both of you then, Um, because I've been asked it, and it is a challenge to answer, so I guess I'm kind of challenging a little bit here. (laughs) If with all these different plans, you know, the the evacuation plans, the IT recovery and restoration, the business continuity plans, you know, and reviewing threat risk analyses and BIA results and, you know, reporting. What are your suggestions on timing of, of updating this stuff? If, if you're just the one poor soul who's responsible for the whole thing, what kind of timing would you suggest for that person? And uh, if you're a larger company that has, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a steering committee, what kind of timing would you look at for a, a larger you know, group of people who are focusing on, on BCM? Well, uh, from my, my experiences, uh, uh, if you're a large or a moderately uh, medium-sized company, however you define those, you're going to, you, you, should have, well, you should have at least um, once every year have at least a tabletop exercise. And so you sit, everybody sits around the table basically, essentially talks about the exercise and the exercise, the call tree, that's the alert system that calls people up and, and all that. And make sure that uh, 
the content is still relevant. Uh, and, that, and, and you should do that at least once a year. In some cases, if it's a really large critical, critical business process that transcends several functional areas through a large geographical area, of course, that's not going to be practical. You may end up doing it every two years. That's why I always mention you should set up somebody with a single point of contact. Now, you might have, this sounds hypocritic or it doesn't make sense, but you, because of a, uh, a business process, a critical business process is so large, you may have within each of those subsets of that critical business process a single point of contact so you have multiple single points of contact and they're responsible for their that person is responsible for maintaining that plan on a regular basis so if there's turnover and of course hopefully this is automated you have some type of tool that captures the plan and you can, they can go in and update it or they, the business continuity organization can do it for you is if there's name changes, number changes, organizational changes, all these things can have significant impact on the quality of, of the plan. And again, the plan is just, uh, it, it guides you. You know, the best example I can have is in the military, I had a, a West Point officer reporting to me when I was executive officer, the CEO was gone, and this was a Hawk missile unit, and a guy says, that's, you're violating a, a field manual so-and-so, and I looked at him and said, right now, I don't really care what the field manual says. This is what we need to do, and this is what we got to do. Now, I did know about the field manual, so it's the same principle here. I'm not, if I have car problems, I'm not going to pull, probably pull out the, uh, the manual on how to operate the car at that time. But I may, will be familiar with some of the features and functions and critical aspects of the car that if it looks like the if something turns red on the dashboard, I'm probably going to say, I'm going to have to pull over and call 911, not 911, take that back, call a AAA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Greg, do you have anything to say regarding timing of maintaining some of these plans? Well, all of these plans, not some of them, but all of them. No, Ralph pretty much covered that there. You know, the size of the organization again has the is probably one of your critical factors. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not lucky enough to have a, a team of people, then uh, he covered he covered a, a, a kind of the timing of when you would actually pull these things out and look at them. Uh, if your if your company is is small enough to where you have one person doing this then that person is going to have to determine the timing based upon what senior management is looking for. So if senior management is looking for this one person to say, okay, you're the one that's in charge of it all, then senior management should also tell that person how often these plans uh, should be put into play. Now, uh, one thing I will tack onto this is that there are several environmental factors that have to be uh, considered here, in my opinion. Number one would be the geographical location as to where you're at. So naturally, if you're in the Gulf area, you're probably going to want to look at your hurricane plans uh, probably once a quarter rather than once a year and just make sure that everything is, is there. And companies, they grow, they expand, they, they contract. And so all of these other factors that come into play. So if we had a plan in place for an evacuation, but this evacuation plan was built when we had 10 employees. Now we have 50. Yeah, you're going to have to look at that again on on at least an annual basis uh, and maybe even sooner. 
And, and I might, if I could, Alex, I, mm-hmm. I'd like to add is is that uh, Greg is entirely correct. You know, I have a, a, a friend of mine. He has a small firm. It's just him and about six people. It's an, um, a bookkeeping firm. And, and, you know, he always says, oh, yeah, I love business continuity. You need to have it in place. And then one day he lost a bunch of, I like, got a virus in it. And he was scraping to try to wherever his information was at and the whole uh, thing. And then it, it lost pay records and all the other stuff. He finally recovered everything. But he, spent, he said he, he lost two weeks of productivity trying to recover things. And, and, and I, you know, I kept telling him he needed to put some type of business preparedness plan. It could be simple. You know, uh, and, and if I could add, if you're a small uh, firm, you're probably even more vulnerable than a big firm because a big firm has resources and has um, efficiency and effectiveness uh, on a regular basis. Not saying that small firms don't, but they're more vulnerable. They can't they can't take the hit uh, as as well as a big firm and because of the financial resources that they have to devote to. So it's almost to me it's imperative. Um, to have your own, uh, for your own small company, whether it's one, two, or five, or ten people, uh, to make sure that uh, you can recover as soon as possible. Otherwise, these people, not only do you lose your business, these people lose their jobs. And That's true. it has all types of consequences. And so it's, it's very important uh, to uh, just as much for a small company as it is for a medium or large size company. Well, we only have two minutes left. Um, I'll give you 30 seconds each. Greg, can you tell me the one thing everybody should know about business continuity planning and project management? 30 seconds. The one key thing about putting together a business continuity plan that will help probably ensure its success the greatest is having a plan to put together the business continuity plans. Going at it haphazardly, uh, it's like the old term we used to say back in the computing days, garbage in, garbage out. Agree completely. A plan to plan, so to speak. Uh, Ralph, 30 seconds. What's the one thing you'd like to make sure everyone knows about BCP and project management? Right. I, I would say it's kind of a hackneyed term now, but I would say be proactive, not reactive. Take the initiative and, and even... If you don't need a consultant, go to uh, uh, some of the, the state or the, the federal government, go up to uh, uh, FEMA, and there are plenty of resources that can guide you to putting together uh, even a rudimentary business preparedness plan if, if it's for a small company. And, of course, there's other opportunities for much bigger companies for that. Well, great. We've come to the end of our show. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you, Greg. Uh, I really appreciate all your input and your uh, expertise that you shared with our listeners here. I hope uh, everyone listening takes some of these uh, uh, tips and ideas back with them, especially those that may be struggling in their programs. Maybe you found out some reasons why. Um, And I want to remind everyone, if you want to pick up uh, Greg and Ralph's book, Business Continuity Planning, a Project Management Approach, And I'll remind everyone, I'm in Phoenix at the DRJ conference, 
September 23rd to 26th, and then Manila, Philippines, November 12th to 14th at the Teams Conference. And in the meantime, everybody, stay prepared. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.